but I can't see you. Okay, let me see here. I see my big, ugly, hard, old, wrinkled face. Hang on, hang on. Hang on a second. Let me see here. This is exciting. Cancel. Oh, you know what? Hang on a second. Oh, it says 12 million watching. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I don't know what it's wanting me to do. I've never done this before, so let's see. This is God. Oh. JR, do you see Megan? Hey, JR, do you see Megan? See if I can see myself. Yeah, it's not on. Oh, you know what? If anybody is watching this, hello. I finally found Mysterious Megan. I've been searching for her. You can't see Megan. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I tell y'all I'm tech stupid and you just don't believe me. And now for everyone to see, I am so tech stupid. Hmm. Hmm. JR. Now this is all JR and do you know Rob on oh. all? Alright, I'm back. Is it oh my goodness, see this is what in the world? I always oh, my, my wife's so I know it's fault. What's that? I said, my wife says it's my fault, so I know it's my fault. No, that's okay. Oh, this is so weird. Like, it shows me a picture. I, can I just sent you another invite. Well, okay. I mean, it works until I click join. Can you hear me? I can hear you good. All right. Well, that's good. I guess I'm extra mysterious now. That's so weird. Again, this is an old iPhone, so. You don't cuss, do you? You don't cuss, do you? Oh, crap.
Hello, everybody. This is John Catholic for Rednecks. And Megan wanted to do this crazy barnyard. I, think it's, I don't know what it is. Barn stream or yard stream. And I like the concept because you do one thing like this and it shoots it everywhere. But it's hard to teach an old dog a new trick. But I've never even talked to Megan before. I've seen her on YouTube interviewing a couple of people and I listened to one and it was Kyle, Kyle Whittington. So I sent him a message and hey, Okay. I can't see now. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah. There we go. Are we live? Oh, weird. Yay. Okay. It, it doesn't work with my front-facing camera. Okay. I see you. Okay. All right. Can, can you, uh, well, I guess you can hear me. Hang on. I'm going to literally, again. Oh, uh-oh. I turned my screen off. Hang on. One second. JR. Hey, JR, how, how come you don't ever come to the cathedral downtown? Are you good, Megan? Um, I want to, I can't really, well, good enough, I guess. Um, I mean, you look like your voice is a little, a little bit scratchy, but that might, might be from a hangover or something. I don't know. Hang on. Maybe. Camera turned around, so I can't see my screen. Does mm -hmm. it look okay? You look great. Looks you okay. Look good. We can start. Okay, great, cool. We did. How it. did you become Catholic? Um, I was confirmed. I mean, how did you get? How did you get there? How did you get from? I thank you from the south, and thank you formed theology in you. I picked up on that. I think I know the state you said. I think I know the state you're at now. Mm -hmm. So how did you get from? There? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I grew up um, in a very Christian, very, like, I'd say pretty devout family. Um, so we, you know, went to church every Sunday, of course, and, like, did a lot of mission trips. And um, we did, like, family prayer time in the morning. So, um, very, you know, strong faith. Um, although that was raised, um, first we went to a non-denominational church and then eventually we went to a Southern, started going to a Southern Baptist church, uh, when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so, um, I will say I kind of had a, a little bit more of like an anti-Catholic bias, uh, on our part. So I definitely was, are you, are you familiar with Chick Tracks? Yeah, Jack Chick the, I got a nickname for him, Jack the, it rhymes with Chick. Okay, I, I won't let, I, I won't make you fill us in, but anyway, so we had like some of hit, like that's the kind of idea, those are the kinds of ideas I was exposed to about Catholicism. Okay. So just. You know he got, you know he got exposed, right? Uh, I know that every all of his influencers are just you know absurd. So anyway, um, anyway, so 
Um, just kind of, I heard of her, I grew up hearing ideas like, oh, you know, Catholics worship Mary, the Pope is the Antichrist, stuff like that. Um, and then, but kind of as like a teenager, I um, kind of, you know, started diving into my faith for myself a little bit more um, and met other, you know, Christians from other traditions online and started chatting with them and, you know, for my, for my part, gained the respect for different traditions and, um, you know, saw uh, the beauty that some of those other kinds of churches had. Um, like for example, I went to, I was like part of a discipleship program in Texas for a little bit. And during that time, it was like two months long and we attended a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time that I ever heard the Nicene Creed, like live in person. I'd probably come across it online, but I had never um, heard it before, but I was like, wow, that's really beautiful. And you know, they had like vestments and I think they maybe even uh, baptized a baby or two. I think <laughs> they, oh, this isn't going to save the baby. It's just kind of like you know, inviting them into, I don't know what they, what their justification was, but, um, anyway, I think that was like a really positive experience for me. Um, and then I also, uh, just again, online was, uh, more exposed to Anglicanism and had, um, again, respect for, um, that. And so, yeah, so I kind of, um, yeah, as a teenager, just kind of, um, became more sure of my own faith and why, why I was a Christian but I was kind of content to be a Southern Baptist. Um, because it's safe. What's that? Was you uh, tempted to stay there because it's safe? It's vanilla? Um, I Acceptable. think that I just assumed I might as well stay. And I think this is why a lot of Christians stay in their denomination. They just never think about trying anything else. They never really question it. Like they might question um you know is god real or something but i don't think most people like question their denominations and it seems like you know they just are trying to find a church where um everybody loves god and is you know living a holy life and that's kind of the most important thing to them but they never really think to ask the question like why am i a protestant instead of a catholic like for them being a protestant is the default um and like the catholic church is like the weird bad church Um, so, I mean, I just was never really exposed to it that much in a positive way, um, until I met my husband and that's when I, um, well, he was not my husband at the time, but when I became, when I met my now husband and we started becoming interested in one another, um, I was kind of like, okay, well, we have to like deal with the elephant in the room. Like, are, you know, are we going to be Catholic? Are we going to not be Catholic? Are we going to like, you know, you'll say Catholic and I'll stay a Protestant. It was Catholic. You were dating a Catholic? Yes, that's correct. Yep. We have the same, so far we have the same story. Okay. The same story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually during this time, I was applying to become uh, a Southern uh, a missionary with the Southern Baptist Convention. So I had actually uh, done an internship um, in part of Asia. I don't know what it would technically be classified. I was, I was in Vietnam, but anyway, I'd done a lot of mission trips, spent quite a lot of time overseas. And I was like, well, I guess like, what am I going to do with my life? I guess I'll just go and be a missionary. Although I'll admit, like, even in the mission trips that I had done, you know, I had led like one person, one friend of mine, like to the Lord. And I was kind of like, it was a little anticlimactic because I wasn't really sure looking back. I wasn't really like sure like it all felt like I was missing something. Like it all felt a little shallow. Like there, there, there should be something that goes a little deeper. Like 
you know, again, in the case of this friend at one point who I like led to the Lord on a mission trip, I was like, okay, like, you know, they became a Christian. Like now what? It was just kind of like, what are they supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? Am I just, there's like, nothing it's, left. Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it, it felt like something miss, was missing. And I, I've said this on my channel. I was, I realized looking back, I was in like a long distance relationship with the Lord. Like I knew Jesus Christ, you know, I'd surrendered my life to him, knew the Bible pretty well. Um, struggled in my prayer life, actually. I think that was another part of being an evangelical. Um, this cures the struggle. Yep. You just start saying the beads, struggle over. Just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As a Catholic, right, you have tools. You have the rosary. You have uh, the liturgy of the hours. You have, you know, all of these litanies and you have this beautiful heritage of um, being Catholic and you don't have to rely on your own intellect or your own spirituality as a Catholic. You can kind of like humble and uh, you can humble yourself and you can kind of surrender that and say like, Hey, I need help. You know, like I need, I don't know how to pray. And then the church has all these beautiful tools, this beautiful heritage. So anyway, so yeah, I was kind of like applying to become a Southern Baptist missionary while also dating this guy that was a Catholic. And it's funny. I was like, very nervous about this because I thought like, oh, if my pastor thinks realizes I'm very interested in becoming Catholic or, you know, with this mission board, like it, even if I explore it, maybe that will jeopardize my chance of doing that. But um, that didn't, was never became a problem anyway, because I decided in my own, for my own uh, reasons that I didn't want to continue it. But anyway, it's just really ironic. I thought I was going to be uh, a missionary and then ended up within a year or two joining the Catholic church instead. But um, yeah, kind of to dive into more of the details, I um, I was like, all right, well, let me, at, again, I came to this crossroads with my, um, this guy that I was interested in. I was kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll just start looking at Catholicism. And um, kind of the first thing, I don't know why this was the case. Kind of the first thing that I became interested in was um, the the Catholic teaching that, Jesus is truly present um, in the Eucharist, you know, at communion, as a Protestant would call it. And um, I remember reading about that from a Catholic book that my mom had. Um, again, my mom had this like Catholic book, kind of like for reference about what the what the Catholics believe. Yeah, um, like Mormon library right there across the table, an entire Mormon library. I've read yeah. every book, every one of them. Yeah. So anyway, I was looking through this book and I just kind of read the chapter on the Eucharist and I was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, they're looking at John six and they're just taking Jesus literally that Jesus said, you know, unless you eat the flesh of the son of God, you have no life in you. Um, And that word eat is literally not. It's not at all like metaphorical, like, you know, take Jesus into your heart kind of a thing. And it's like, no, you have to on the flesh, like literally eat and drink. And so I was like, okay, like. I don't know if I believe that, but like, it's reasonable. It's respectable. Like, okay, I just gained a little bit of respect for a Catholic. Yeah. Um, for the first time. And so I kind of was like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. For the first time. Yeah. Um, so then from there, kind of the next thing that I thought about was like, uh, I thought a lot about justification, um, but also the idea of sola scriptura, which again, I had always assumed was true. Like it sounds really good, you know, like the Bible is word of God, which it is. Catholics think that. Um, but again, where Protestants kind of go 
off the rails is they think that that's the only authority or perhaps the ultimate authority in the life of a Christian. Um, that, yeah, so, they believe that just the, that the word of God has to be written, written, right, done with. It's over here, done. There's no more work. That's what yeah. I'll No more word. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, they're right. They just kind of think, and again, of course, like, of course, a Catholic would agree that the canon of Scripture is closed, but like you're saying, you know, like, the, the Protestant would say, oh, yeah, like, we have the Bible, and that's that's what we have. That's the end of, you know, a, a infallible authority, whereas the Catholic would say, no, that extends to the teaching magisterium of the church. Um, they would say, you know, there's not just Scripture as the infallible Word of God, but there's also sacred tradition. So, Again, sacred tradition and sacred scripture work together um, to form the deposit of faith that goes all the way back to the apostles. So anyway, I just kind of like learned all of that and it was just fitting together so much better than what I expected. And I realized that, um, you know, sola scriptura is not perfect. Like there are problems and dangers to sola scriptura too, just the way that a Protestant would be um, nervous about the problems potentially of sacred tradition. Um, which again, I think those problems are unfounded because, um, in the same way, you know, a Protestant can can put their trust in God and His ability to work through the Scriptures, and in the same way, God can protect us from error in within sacred tradition and within the teaching magisterium of the Church. So again, I just started realizing, like, okay, everybody's taking the Bible and they can twist it any way that they want, and that's not actually a high view of Scripture. That's actually a low view of scripture when I can say, well, I think it means this. You know, I think I can lose my salvation. That person says, no, I don't think you can lose your salvation. And then we have no way of resolving that conflict. We just can go start our own denominations and not have to deal with this disagreement. We can just kind of pretend it's not there and just continuing to uh, get further and further apart and disunified and getting further and further off basis about, you know, what what Jesus actually wanted us to do. So, yeah, so, I mean, I started looking at that and, um, yeah, lots of other things. And then pretty quickly I was kind of realizing, like, oh, man, like this, this actually makes a lot of sense and it's also really beautiful. So, um, yeah, I just started to um, kind of be more and more interested in becoming Catholic. What you just, those two words you used make, made sense and was beautiful? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. That Pretty much, um, the the thoughts. I mean, the beauty attracted me. Just like when I met my wife, when when I first saw her, I liked her. Didn't, never heard her voice. I didn't know, didn't know her name. But when I first saw her, I liked her. That's all it took. And I saw her from the backside. She was uh-huh. <laughs> working at Wendy's and cleaning the table. And I looked. And I liked her. And then she turned around. And I liked her even more. But I was scared to meet her. And after a while, I met her. And I freaked her out. She avoided me for a year. She thought I was a weird stalker. And I guess I was. But the beauty drew me in. But then when I got to know her, I liked her. And it's like the Catholic Church. It makes two, It just makes sense. Yeah. Everything about it makes logical sense to me. But I only got about four brain cells to work with, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the um, came across for the first time was, like, the uh, the church fathers. 
and kind of like the early church writings, which again, Protestants, this is good. They want, they kind of talk about the early church and house church and uh, trying to keep it basic and um, be as close to what, you know, how things function then. And so they try to um, keep things really simple, too simple, I would say. And they kind of sometimes don't like the idea of church buildings or hierarchy or um, administrate, they kind of don't like those things a little bit. But anyway, as I started to read the church fathers for the first time, again, these are um, Christians that are sometimes one generation removed from the apostles. So, um, for example, St. Irenaeus, I think that, no one quote me, I think this is right, was a disciple of John the Beloved. And Polycarp, no, no, hang on. Ignatius. Yeah, uh, no, no, not, wasn't Ignatius. I think it is Irenaeus. Um, but then Polycarp, was it Polycarp that heard Irenaeus preach? Or... It was under John. Yeah, anyway, you have these, I think it's Irenaeus and Polycarp are directly descended from uh, John the Beloved. And when you read these writers, they are so Catholic. You know, they say, follow the bishop the way you follow Christ. And they talk about how, um, you know, like we long for this, the spiritual bread of the Eucharist daily. And, you know, we don't want it to fall on the ground because it's, so holy and you hear things like that or um and you're just and so i was just again just like fell in love with the writings of the church and so inspired and um, how did you find those writings did you find another book in your mom's library or um no i just started buying books of my own so i I was uh, looking back here because this is one of my favorites actually this might have been it was this a gift from my husband i can't remember but i was really excited about this one. Oh, you know you were right you were right it was ignatius i apologize not Irenaeus. um i apologize anyway yeah like um yeah this i just got on amazon i think but anyway i'm listening you went yep. all book but i didn't see the book oh yeah okay sorry this is this is the book um, it's called the Apostolic Fathers, but again, it just has um, a lot of early church writings. Um, who put it? Together? Who put it together? Say that who again. Book by. Um, it's it, it's um, compiled by Michael W. Holmes. Michael. Um, he is the editor and translator. So yeah, it's really good, and it, it looks really nice too. But yeah, so anyway, um, so then after that, um, decided becoming Catholic, or decided to um, join RCIA again, which is the way that a non-Catholic adult would join the church, um, and that was a really terrible experience. I, um, I lived, I, I'm from a town in Florida that has kind of like a lot of very like spirit of Vatican II kinds of churches that are maybe a little bit... Um, a little wishy-washy feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I was not, um, I didn't have a great experience with my RCA class. It was a lot of like chatting and not much theology or doctrine or like teachings of the church. Um, so that was a very bad experience, but, um, you know, I had to just remind myself, I'm not joining for like this deacon or this parish I'm joining because it's the church that Jesus founded. Um, and again, that was another big part of my story was looking into the papacy and kind of realizing that Jesus did found the church on Peter, um, that, you know, the Pope is an ambassador for Christ while Christ is not on earth. Um, 
And so, yeah, so that kind of just all came together. And then um, it was really hard. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't understand why I would become Catholic. And What were your plans? What's that? Your parents, what did they say? Um, I think that, and I'll try to be respectful of, you know, them, because since they're not here to say what they think. Um, but I would say that they were kind of like worried for my soul a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I hope that they've seen that we still, um, you know, our family, my husband and I and our children, we live out our faith and that um, we, I, well, I don't know, but I, I would hope that they would um, recognize that I put my trust in Jesus Christ and not any of my righteousness um, or any, you know, merit, like anything that I have accomplished on my own. Um, but I, I don't know. I, they've attended mass once with me at one point. So that was really cool. Um, I, but I think, I think they're figuring it out still. Are they still living where you're from? Yep. Yeah. They still live in Florida. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to, um, to, um, Northwest Florida. Northwest Florida. No, like the Panhandle. No. Okay. I went to a church called Saint Rita over the summer, and when I first walked in, the impression I got was just what you described—the kind of wishy-washy. I didn't know what to think. You hear about these guitar masses, all this weird stuff, and then I seen the priest. And he had a man bone, right? He's like a hippie dude with a well, big. Well, he's wrong with a man bun, but. Yeah, and he had a long beard, like he was a duck dynasty, and and he was like a bodybuilder. Uh huh. And tatted up and stuff, and I was like, and then I got looking around, and everyone in that church was like your age. Uh huh. Like, I, was like, I was like thirty years older than anyone in the building, including uh -huh. the. Friends. And they had a, a crucifix suspended in midair yep. by kind of wire you couldn't even see. So it's like yeah. a hole. And then, you know the confessionals? Uh-huh. They had neon lights like in Las Vegas. And one side was red, like Divine Mercy. And the other side yeah. was blue. It was so cool. And then yeah. he to preach, and he was preaching like an old school Vatican, pre-Vatican one. I mean, he was laying it down. Nice. And all the kids there, I mean, I'm calling you a kid, everybody your age, man, he was using pop culture and music and songs and TV shows and fashion, and he was wrapping it up with this early church hardcore Vatican mm -hmm. one stuff, and it was just, man, I would go to this church. It's St. Rita's in uh, Santa Rosa. I'll send you a link, but that's it. That's what I thought. This is going to be a guitar church. Yeah. Sex and rainbows and Skittles. But it wasn't. So I was just wondering if you were from there. That's just no, your no. voice. You sound, you sound more Northwest Florida than you would down around Orlando or something. No, I'm, I'm, I was Southeast of Orlando. So, further south than that. Okay. Yeah. All my friends live there. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a place of but anyway. So, what was your boyfriend? Was he, like, excited that you were going to be Catholic? Um, 
I would say he was he was supportive. So again, he was never like, oh, you have to become Catholic or whatever. Like he was a really great resource. Um, he was really encouraging. He was a good like um, example for me when I was like seeing this church that was just kind of like like a little lame and not very um, just kind of a little bit dead, I guess. Um, it was he was a, a good reminder, like, hey, this is not what all of Catholicism like. You know, there are excited, passionate Catholics everywhere, and I'm grateful to have you know my husband, my now husband. Um, you know, his, his faith that I could kind of bounce things off of. And he's a very well-informed Catholic. So again, it was great that I could ask questions and, um, yeah, just get his help. So yeah, he was always supportive. And again, I always like, I think maybe some people probably thought like, Oh, Megan's just becoming Catholic because she wants to marry this guy. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. I would say like, I am not that kind of person. Like I like, I'm kind of stubborn and my mom always calls me tenacious. Like I have to know something for myself mm-hmm. and I could never just be like, I'm becoming Catholic. I, I would have just sooner been like, Oh, I, I want to marry you. Can we, you know, like I'll stay Protestant and you'll, you can stay Catholic. I think that's what I would have done if I wasn't convinced. But I always say like, if, if I, if our marriage had not, like if we had not gotten married, I would have still stayed Catholic because it was, I realized that it was true. So, yep. So you got a hold of one of those little comic books when you were younger? Uh, which ones? Like the the chick book, chick tracks, yeah. or yeah, yeah, we had them. Yeah, I, I remember looking at them. Like there was the you know the the death cookie one and um, yeah, so I, yeah. You're saying I've already had the thought to ask you the death cookie. Yeah, the head you know, of them. Yep, go ahead, sorry. Well, you know that. That priest that he used didn't even exist. Yes, yeah, he had his father Ricardo, who is not yeah. not a real priest. Yeah. Or I forget. Yeah, yeah. It's just. It's supposed to be a Jesuit. Mm-hmm. The what well, he said they was running the underground Illuminati and all this stuff, this crazy yeah. stuff. Yep. And that's how I was raised, man. I, when when I first read that, they. One of the books he had was big, like a magazine. Uh-huh. And I was like reading it. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are going straight to hell. Yeah. They don't know it. And I'm thinking about there's a Catholic church in my neighborhood. So yeah. I went to it and I shoved that magazine under the door. Because I, <laughs> I was like, man, they need to read this book. Yeah. You know, and I thought I guess I thought they were gonna read it and shut down that day. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Were there any hurdles that were that bothered you more than others coming in? Her, um in terms of theology, let's see. Um I think like I still struggle with like the amount of focus on Mary. Um mm-hmm. You know, I think there's, it's, you have to stay focused on Jesus. Um, I think most Catholics do. Um, but I think sometimes, I, sometimes um, certain, certain um, prayers to Mary are kind of like, oh, like I'm not quite always, I, I wouldn't have said it that way, I guess, if I had come up with a prayer. Um, yeah. But I mean, not, um, I'm trying to think of hurdles. I think more of them were just personal hurdles of, you know, kind of, I think it was the frustration of not like my family not seeing what I saw and being like, Oh, like if you could only see like just trying to, 
um, help them see things the way I suddenly saw it. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest hurdle. Um, but I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty like passionate and pretty like excited and like anxious to become Catholic. So kind of like once, once I kind of got going then more and more, I was like, Oh, it just all makes sense. It was kind of one epiphany after another. So now what, yeah. what year was that about? Um, okay. So I think I joined the church in 2017. So, yep. So you're going on five. Uh, six, I think. Six. I yep. felt. So, um, do you know? Um, I want. I want to show you something, but I don't want to get up. Did you have? Any, um. As you were confirmed and had Eucharist in your fish, did you ever have a period of time where you were second guessing or doubting, and thinking, "Man, have I really just messed up?" Did you ever thought like that? No, not really. No, never. I've yeah, no. Never yeah. did. Never Man, I, did. I did, and uh, just all of a sudden, it's like a week later. And <laughs> Funny. I remember where I was sitting. It was that mass, and it just just it came all over me. What? Because I'd already been like, word yeah. of faith. You know what word of faith is? Um. I mean, I've heard that. I don't know what you're referring to. Health and wealth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prosperity mm-hmm. gospel. I was in that 14 years. Okay, yeah. You're too young to remember people like Oral Roberts that was a faith healer. Yeah, I've heard about him. I worked for him, okay? I worked for him. And I worked for a lot of people that were famous in charismatic churches. And, and I'd been the Baptist route my whole life. Right, and I went to a Baptist college, went to, and went to Reform, went to the Five Solas, the Presbyterian, PCA, Reformed Theology, R.C. Sproul, John yeah. MacArthur. I mean, all that my whole life. And here yeah. I am, exact opposite the Catholic Church, the villain, yeah. the bad guy, the whore of Babylon. Yeah, and, yeah. And Hook, line, and sinker, Catholic. And I yeah. remember my my lieutenant from the police department, she became Catholic, and she gave me a confirmation gift. Well, the confirmation gift was a book of Catholic prayers. And oh. something you said made me think of this just a minute ago, but I had the book next to me on the pew, and my wife was sitting right here, Connie. Mm-hmm. I just said a little weird prayer, like, Lord, just show me some little sign that I'm on the right track because I'm feeling really rigged. And so I looked at my book and I randomly picked it up and turned it over and looked at the back. I don't know why I did that. Yep. And two, three, three, three stamps in gold lettering on the back of the book. Okay. And when I seen that, bombs went off in my soul. And my eyes probably went like on Bugs Bunny where they yep. and elbow my wife. And all I did was show her that number. And when I, she saw the number, her eyes got that big around. And she said, I just got chills. Okay. Say, what's the big deal about that number? That was my police, permanent police ID number, 2333 for life. Okay. Like radio, 2333. 
and then I flip my book over and okay. from the factory, two, three, six, three. I said, okay, God, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all here. No huh. more. But that book has some prayers in there. I don't even pray. So yeah. I'm like, man, these people, uh -uh, I ain't praying that one. Yeah. This one. Yeah. No, I ain't praying that one. And then when I went to the first time I ever heard of Angelus, you know what I'm talking about? The angel no, I, prayer. You have to remind me. Oh, God. I'm playing with you. Hang on. I bought it at my church so I could learn it. Because I'm bad about learning my prayers and all that huh? stuff. My debit card, driver's license. Yep. There you go. You can actually buy it. It's where the the priest go, the angel of the Lord declared into Mary. And then the crowd says, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, you do the whole Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. Then the priest says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Be it done unto me according to the word yeah. Hail Mary. I just yep. keep going. Man, I've been Catholic like two years before I ever heard that. Yep. And when I heard that, I told my wife, I said, if I had heard that song the first week, <laughs> I would have never come back to a Catholic church because it because I did not understand that it was a progression, the story of the gospel. Yeah. I thought it was magnifying Mary. Right. But once you go through the whole thing, yeah. It's like it's like a car ride from Yeah. That, you know, from the beginning of the gospel. So I like it now. I bought it to memorize it because I don't know anything. I know yeah. the gospel's creed. One version of it. Because <laughs> if you yeah. look at that old prayer book, some of it was rent, written like in the 1800s and had prayers in there from way before medieval times. And the actual prayers are a little different. Right. Like the Gloria, you know, that we sing at Mass, the Gloria, it's different in there because it's using sure. a bunch of weird words that's out of order. So, yeah. um, are you going to teach RCIA? What's that? Are you going to be teaching at your church or do you already? Um, no, I'm not involved currently with that. I'm, I'm teaching, I'm just catechizing my kids. That's about it, which is pretty great. How do you do that? Oh, I just mean like, um, like it's so easy to like live your Catholic life and model it for your children. Like I, I kind of think as a Protestant, I really wouldn't have known what to do. Be like, okay, here's your Bible. Like, read your Bible. Like, and it's like again, there's just there's not the same tool set that you have as a Catholic. Like, you have the sacraments that you just did not have. And again, I mentioned earlier, it felt like a long distance relationship with the Lord. And then I realized, like, now in the sacraments, like, that's what I was looking for. I needed the sacraments. I needed the Eucharist to, like, meet Jesus face-to-face. -face. And confession, like, again, confession has been a big surprise. Like, it's so great, like, reflecting on how ways that I failed and then going into confession and admitting those and humbling myself. And then, you know, getting the absolution and just being like, oh, like, I can, you know, I felt the, the grace of Jesus Christ, like, in, you know, in that experience. Were you nervous about going? Um, no, uh, I mean, in the beginning, yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, um, 
Yeah. Oh, I was really nervous because I was, uh, I don't know how your mind works, but mine, my mind, it gets stuck on something until I work it out. Yeah. You know, theology thing or something. I mean, it'll just mm-hmm. bug me if I work it out. And I keep hearing about I need to go to confession. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking I've already asked God to forgive me 12 million times, didn't feel forgiven. But hmm. I, First John one nine, you know, and um, but I was thinking, now wait a minute. If I hadn't been to confession, have I been forgiven for all this stuff? Does uh-huh. it? Did I pray and not and didn't go to a priest? So you know how during they schedule your first confession before you get confirmed, they do mm-hmm. y'all like that. No, I just ha- I just went to like a random parish. That's what I did. I just went. I probably could have. I will say, I don't think the person knew. It, the, it was, honestly, it was not a great experience. The guy, he actually kind of cut me off before I, like, did everything, which was kind of a little stressful. Um, do you know I why mean, they do that? I don't know. Anyway. They do that. A lot of priests will do that with females having their con- first confession. They'll do that. on. They'll cut you right off. Interesting. I've heard that. A lot. They'll just, hey, it happened to me too. I've been, and I even had a vision about it. I was uh, dreaming one time, and I dreamed that I was going to confession at the church office where the priest was. And I walked in there, and the priest is like this huge, barbarian-looking, heavy metal dude in a in a. Uh-huh. Love like a friar. He's sitting at a desk, and I walk in. I'm, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. And then he turned on the record that was on his desk, and it had um, Gregorian chant something music. And then he kicks back. Look, I'm pouring my heart out. All these horrible sins. Yeah. He he puts his legs up. On the day, and he's listening to me, but he's not looking at. He's just listening, and I'm starting to get into the bad stuff because you know you kind of warm them up with some low yeah. level stuff, and then you try to slip in a big one, yeah, a little thing. So you know maybe they didn't hear that one. You know it's like I told a fib, I I sped, I committed adultery. Um, I did. You know what I mean? You kind of and. I was in the middle of the heavy stuff that was bothering me. And he leaned over right in the middle of my confession and turned his radio off. He said, man, can we go get something to eat right now? (laughs) And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, hard enough. Can we go eat? I said, I guess so. He said, let's go eat, buddy. So we stood up and he put his arm around me and it was over with. And to me, it was God saying, you came to confession. You did it my way. Already knew. It didn't knock me off the throne. It didn't yeah. shock me. And I want you to know, you're forgiven. Let's go get something to eat. Forget about it. Yeah. I've yeah. talked to girls. that I know some girls that were very promiscuous before becoming Catholic. And 
a lot of, they told me they went in there and to do their first confession, they was, you know, down in the weeds, you know. And a lot of times priests say, hey, I'll, I'll stop. You're, you're done. You know, and dissolve them. And I went to my first confession like you did because I didn't want to see my priest. I yeah. didn't hear stuff about me. And so I did what you did. I went to an exorcist, actually, a, a mean, rough-looking priest. Uh -huh. and purpose, and then I went ahead and got my stuff out of the way, and then he scheduled me. My priest scheduled me for confession, like during Holy Week. Uh huh. Already done it, so I'm walking out. John, you need to do a general confession. So I went. I was going. I was walking out the church door and grabbed my arm because I was trying to sneak past him. He reached out and grabbed. Said John, you got to do first confession. I said, No, sir, I did it last. He said, No, you're gonna go do it right now again. <laughs> and he led me by my freaking arm like a child, parking <laughs> lot, into his office, and it was a face to face. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's and all he said was, John, is there anything heavy on your heart like that? Uh huh. By then, you know, I'd got all my bad stuff out of the way, but I still had road rage incident uh -huh. on the way to church. So <laughs> I started talking to him about road rage, and he starts laughing. <laughs> and, and he's doubled over laughing. And then I started getting into some more stuff. And he said, stop, John, stop. And he's, got, he's laughing. I said, but Father Joe, there's more. He said, no, there's not more. You're done. I said, <laughs> but he said, John, hush your mouth. You are done. And then he picked, gave me the act of contrition to read hmm. and read it. And then I told him I was having surgery, so he did all the sacrament of healing. Oh. He's cut me off every time. Yep. And my friend Stephen Boyd that's watching this, he won't go to confession with this priest because he says it's easy. I said, I want him to be easy. I already feel bad, okay? I've already <laughs> Beat myself up, condemn myself. I'm ashamed. Now I gotta go face a man face to face and tell yeah. him I'm embarrassed about. I said, Why do I want to get beat up and lectured and preached at? You know, and yeah. I had, I wanna, you know, he just, my my priest will start, he just start laughing. And, and I've had priests confess to me before and, and tell yeah. me stuff because we got on a subject and they just started. So I felt great relief for the first time ever yeah. going to confession. Yeah. I never got that being Baptist. Yeah, yep, I agree. How long were you in there for your first one? Uh, I don't remember. I really don't remember. So. I was in there 25 minutes in a line. Yeah. There was a line. And when I come mm -hmm. out the door, I knew them people wanted to kill me. It was behind me. Because it took me 25 And uh, I just had a lot of stuff because stuff came out that I hadn't even thought about. Yep. Yeah. You, you had these big heavies that stick in your mind that you feel bad about in life. But when I'm doing my confession, man, this stuff come out of me that I ain't even thought about in decades. Yeah. And it's just such a relief. Yep. And, and the attitude the priest had 
of compassion and all. And then I ran into him recently and said, you took my first confession. He said, I don't remember a thing you said. In fact, yeah. I don't even remember you. And it was face to face. Yeah. So when you took uh, communion for the first time, did you feel anything in your fireworks? Or? No, no, just kind of normal. Um, which, again, I appreciate now as a Catholic that I don't have to, like, put pressure on myself to have, like, some grand emotional experience. It's just, um, yeah, it's nice that I don't have to to have that um, feeling false pressure. Yeah. Well, yeah. how did you come about doing your Tell me about your channel. Um, yeah, so I just needed, I needed an outlet to channel my, like, convert energy. Like, I was, you know, I used to post, like, a lot on my, like, personal social media. So, like, maybe my, telling me to evangelize my friends and family. But, you know, like, at a certain point, you don't want to be annoying. So, it's like, you know, I'll just, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel. And then, like, people can find it and secretly watch it if they want to. So basically, it's just kind of like I needed. I'm like so excited about being Catholic in a way that I never really was as a Protestant. So um, yeah, I just had this idea of like I want to just interview some some converts to hear their story because again, it's like so encouraging to uh, hear other uh, convert the stories of other converts. So I just was like, I had a few people that I was thinking of, and I just reached out to them. Um, and I think actually the two people that I reached out to were not available, and then. I happened to see somebody else online that was uh, willing to share. So I interviewed her about uh, her conversion story. I think that was November 2021, maybe. Um, and so then I've just been kind of doing maybe a month, if that. I don't always get to do them. But yeah, I just asked Catholic converts, you know, about the before, during, and after of, you know, their story of becoming Catholic. And then occasionally... I post just other stuff about my my own faith as well. How do you go about getting guests? Is it just people you randomly meet or run across? Or yeah, so I've interviewed a few people that I know personally, but otherwise I just kind of like pay attention online. So I'm in like um, you know a little bit on Twitter and a little bit on like some Catholic uh, Facebook groups. So I just kind of pay attention and like just observe and then some sometimes other people will say like oh i'm a cat you know i'm a convert and this is my story so i try to look for people that i think would be a good guest they're willing um, to then, share their journey yeah yep and it's an, it's nice for me i also like it because i feel like oh it's a way that they can share their story with their friends and family maybe in a like again like maybe your friends and family like don't want to ask because they don't want to seem interested but it's a good way for them to have their story, you know, out there so that they can then share it, you know, with their friends and family, etc. How so, long yeah. do, your, do your shows have a, like, do you write down an outline or do you just? Um, yeah, so I tend to ask, you know, how did you become, what, what's your faith background? How did you become interested in Catholicism? You know, tell me about con you know, the conversion process and joining the church. And then what are the graces that you've experienced? Since becoming Catholic, and then sometimes I'll also ask if they have advice for people who are maybe interested in Catholicism or maybe doubtful about Catholicism. So, yep. What I did when I ran across you, I listened to to, to two, but one of them I said, "I I want to talk. I want to ask her myself. I don't want to hear all this. Yeah, because I hate it. 
I hate knowing the story. Yeah, yeah. Like this. You know, you're not even listening because you know what they're going to say. And I like to meet people and and hear for myself. Like yeah. Kyle, you know, when I called Kyle Whittington, he thought I was going to interview him about some theology stuff. Uh-huh. And when I said, I just want to find out how you became Catholic. And he was like, huh? I said, yeah, you on this girl's channel. I wrote your name down and, you know, how did you become Catholic? But to me, see, I changed this channel the name up to uh, Catholic Conversions. Yep. And everybody went nuts. <laughs> Said it was crazy. Then all of a sudden, everybody liked it. <laughs> I just, because I got a number in my name and I think it messes my algorithms up. Yeah. So do you think about that stuff? Yeah. Just... I still kind of don't know that I like love my YouTube channel name. So, but I think at this point I'll leave it. I kind of had, you know, I don't know. I, I had that domain because I, I had like a blog under that title. So I was like, I'll just stick with it. So yeah, it's, it's fun to tinker for sure and play around and I'm, I'm learning as I go for sure. So, well, I was just, you know. We'll probably wrap up the call pretty soon here because I need to I need to go and start making dinner. Just go. Just say, I got to go, John. Because I'll talk for 12 hours. Just say you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, thank you. I, it's been fun to chat with you, and um, yeah, it's it's cool to see your channel, too. Okay, well, uh, anytime you got something on your heart you want to talk about, just shoot me an email. I, and everybody out these people, they email me all the time, then they don't show up. Yeah. You know, well, you probably don't know that, but you don't get stood up, I bet. I get well, stood up routinely. So, and then I stood people up because, like today, I forgot this was your day. I bought you a new have, you have to do calendar invites. You gotta send people a calendar invite. That way, they've got it, you know, on their on their phone and everything. So they that's all, for me. But I'm still learning as I go. I got all my interviews. I got a couple big shots coming. See, I just started writing them all down. Nice. Because I'm in real estate and I keep stuff in my head. It's it's yeah. a bad. Because I got like eight transactions in my head. Yeah. All different clients like my phone. I look at my phone and I'm thinking, is this real estate? Is this yeah. my is this Catholic for rednecks? And I start getting yeah. people mixed up. But every time I try to put it on a phone, my phone crashes or I get a virus or I run across someone. Well, I don't do my phone. What am I going to do? Interview her. And she got no phone. So I, I was yeah. glad. Maybe I would do this some more. I kind of like it. So. Okay. Well, say hey to your husband for me. And uh, I'll get my wife to watch this so she can meet you kind of like this. Cool. Thanks so much for having me on, John. I had fun. I won't name your kids' names, pets, or anything. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye.